12 o'clock, let's talk to our friend Tom Curran from NBC Sports Boston here at Gresham Fourier. Tom E. brought to us by Dr. Matthew Lopresti at Leonard Hair Transplant Associates, the hair doctor of Tommy Curran at 1-800-GET-HAIR. By Awaken 180 Weight Loss, become your own success story by dropping the weight holding you back. Starts with just one call to Awaken 180. And by Unified Office, where they help businesses maximize every incoming call at unifiedoffice.com. Tommy Curran with us on the Harbor One Hotline. Good afternoon, Tommy. Hello, fellas. How's everything? Uh, we're we're great. I don't know if we're as good as Bill Belichick. Uh, what do you make, Tommy? Is some of the video of hands-on Bill? He's a, it's a <laughs> he. I, I think he's taking supervisory coaching role to another level. I, yeah, I, I think he's always like that. Gresh, Christian, correct me if I'm wrong, but he loves to teach. This is the best time of year for him. I mean, he's away a little bit from. He gets to evaluate. He gets to teach, which is something that he always loved at, at the rookie mini camps, especially. So, yeah, I think it's kind of standard fare for him to be a hands-on supervisory guy. What I'm interested in is is how the division of power and division of labor is going with that coaching staff, and how well and what the general, I guess, vibe around the coaching staff is. Their level of uh, enthusiasm and optimism right now. So, Tommy, has there um, has there been any, um, I guess, any updates on the O line search with uh, Adrian Clem? That's the last I heard of it, and I haven't heard any other names. Are they still looking for that position? Old boy Ryan Wendell was brought in, um, I believe, for a meeting. So he's a former Patriots center, and he was brought in to have the tires kicked. But I think what'll be interesting to watch is, despite that flurry of transparency we saw a couple of weeks ago i don't know if there'll be a whole mess of announcements as to staff changes and promotions like even with gerard mayo i've been trying to say hey can we get got a lot of foreplay a couple weeks ago do we get any closure on this and i'm hearing a whole lot of nothing back Uh, so you know i could see we're not going to find out until they put out the media guides exactly what different coaches are doing but we'll, we'll get to that maybe next month when we see bill um, at the owners' meetings at the end of March. Yeah, Tom, it was interesting that on that uh, flight out, it was Bill, the two co-defensive coordinators, let's call them, Bill O'Brien, and then Joe Judge was in that mix as well. Is the assumption that Joe Judge goes back to special teams coordinator, or is that putting the cart before the horse, in your opinion? I would guess that that, that would be where he's trending towards, see if he embraces it or not. Um, but that is just, that's me spitballing. Honestly, I don't have a solid answer for that. Like I said, they've, they've kind of gone a little bit quiet and they're out of town right now. So I I don't have a lot on which way different guys are going. I think Bill's probably letting things declare. Yeah. And don't you think like to your first, your, your, uh, your earlier comment, it's like, I feel like the hard part's done, right? The, The hard part's done. We got the coordinator and that was the biggest issue. Now, I guess it's just all about, I guess, adding pieces or removing pieces, right? Yeah, and seeing how guys fit together in any job, whether it's radio, writing, TV, coaching, playing. How do we fit together? We need a week or two to figure it out. We need to see where we need to add things. There's no massive rush. You don't want to drag your feet, as they did last year a little bit or in past years. Um but let guys kind of declare, what does Bill O'Brien think of the players on hand? What does he think once he gets, you know, eyeballs deep on 
Cole Strange and David Andrews and Ramondre Stevenson and the need to add more players around, you know, Stevenson? Do you bring back Harris? I think there's so much on their plates right now that I don't blame them for taking it slow because I really think that O'Brien's addition can have a two or three win impact on this team. And not only that, it can have an impact that is felt because of what they went through last year. They were in the desert, and now they're being handed a glass of water with some optimism. Glass of water after you're in the desert always tastes a lot better. Mm. Not that I've been in the desert than if you were just out there on a hot day. Tommy Curran of NBC Sports Boston Regression Fourier. Where do you come down on putting the valuation on Jacoby Myers in free agency? The Patriots will likely roll the dice and allow him to hit free agency so that he gets probably confirmation that nobody else sees him as a 14 or $15 million player. Remember, the franchise tags were projected yesterday. Wide receiver franchise tag is $19 million. So that is often a placekeeper for players that a team wants to retain. And after you use that you know, placeholder on them, when that player renegotiates, he's looking for that amount per year going forward. Jacoby Myers is not a $100 million five-year player. To me, he's about a four-year, $44 million player. And part of that is based on the fact that they've gotten four years of production out of him for $6 million. I know you're not supposed to do that, but he's been their best receiver for three years. If you get eight years for $50 million out of Jacoby Myers and he averages 70 catches, and 750 yards and two touchdowns, that's fine with me. Eight into 50 goes what? Six. Yep. You're fine. Big deal. Yeah, so when, when you look at that, so as far as the guys that are left on the on the roster now offensively, and I love how we all we do is think about the offensive side. When you look at the defensive side, all I'm doing during this you know postseason Super Bowl run is – trying to figure out if Matthew hearing that Matthew Slater is still in the weight room, like he's still showing up, and then Devin McCourty is like doing every show imaginable. Like where do you, where do you stand with those two guys? Um, haven't spoken to Devin last week on the podcast. He didn't really indicate anything. So I'm going on the things I saw. I mean, I'm going to the weight room probably at some point this week, and I'm definitely not playing in the league next year. I think that Slater did everything possible to indicate that I'm I'm all set. I'm moving on. So even if he's staying in shape and using the facility, I don't know. I, until until he gives some kind of an indication that from a podium that undoes what he you know kind of showed at the end of the year, then I'm presuming that he's done. And same thing with Devin. So I wouldn't think that either one of those guys will be back. But it does speak to the leadership need and goes back to Jacoby Myers, too. He's a good leader. He's one of your better leaders. He's one of your younger leaders. He's done a lot. Do you want to lose a guy like that? Tommy, I know that the Patriots are going through the beginning of the evaluation process of the guys coming into the league from college football. Do you think this draft will be a we-need-to-match-need-with-our-picks or will Bill Belichick look at it like he always does, that if there's a great corner at 14, the rate's higher than maybe a guy who could come in and play tackle, that he kind of goes that way. I'm curious where you land 
on how Bill and Bill O'Brien and his staff of people who are now, they're all in the family. They're all trustworthy now. How do you think they go about building this football team and in particular the use of the draft? You cannot have a football team that can't protect its quarterback when it's a quarterback who needs protection. Well, he's not a restart the play by a massive amount of time quarterback. And as such, if you don't have receivers who uncover quickly, you have double jeopardy. So what can you do to fix your offense? You can give them more protection by bringing in better players, coaching them up better, and, and making sure that Mac Jones has 2.8 seconds to survey, which he didn't have too frequently this past year. So I don't care how much you like the corner. I don't care. You know, you have to go back to the offensive line or you have to find one of those guys who uncovers quickly. They, that has to be priority one because it held the team completely hostage. So, Tommy, so when you look at uh, last week's games, the AFC Championship game in particular, um, does that make – and you watch Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes uh, playing an AFC Championship game again, does it make you feel better or worse about the Patriots' chances moving forward? I look at both of those teams, Christian, and we talked about this a little bit last night on early edition, and say, that's nice. I'm still down here at base camp if I'm a Patriots fan, though, and those guys are near the summit. We can't even worry about what's going on up in the clouds where those teams are. The Patriots are among the least disciplined teams in the league in 2022. Um, They were penalty plagued, situationally stupid, and they could not score touchdowns. So before I'm worrying about, gee, can we keep up with Jamar Chase? Just get on their level or approach their level. Can that happen quickly? I think it can because of O'Brien, because I think Matt Jones is okay to good. But I feel, I feel like there's so many things that those teams have that are discouraging for the Patriots. <laughs> you know, they have fast guys. Oh, like, man. Isn't speed an issue? Speed, speed and protection are the biggest issues for me. And I talked about speed back um, and the need for it for the Patriots, whether it's been James White or Kevin Falk or Shane Vereen or Danny Woodhead or any assortment of players who've been able to uncover quickly and, and make yards after the catch because they're elusive and fast. The Patriots have one guy who I can say is really able to do that. And he plays friggin' defense. Marcus Jones. So why they didn't take a guy like Isaiah Pacheco taken in the seventh round out of Rutgers, who Greg Schiano said was one of the toughest players he's ever seen, I don't know. But the Patriots need a Pacheco, a Gainwell, um, a Debo to high, higher price it. Somebody like that who they can have is one of those quick uncovering guys. Tom Curran, you look down on your phone and you see there's a 212 area code. It comes up R. Goodell. You answer the phone and he says, Tommy, how do I fix my officiating problem in the league? What do you tell him? No more all-star crews. No more hand-wringing over the Pruder film replay. Have a, have a clear and definite, if I don't see it on the first two shots with my expedited replay, sorry, I don't care if something shows up later. That Devontae Smith thing was a perfect example. That expedited replay stuff is supposed to be for clear and obvious mistakes made. You and I can certainly differ on clear and obvious, 
But if they had to go to commercial break after seeing three different replays and his back was shielding it, and you eventually, because his Zapruder film frame-by-frame breakdowns, found that, oh, yeah, the ball actually did kind of squirt out and, and the ground was involved there. Sorry, that wasn't clear and obvious. You can't do it on every play. You just have to acknowledge there's going to be times where we cannot fix what's broken. You guys might find this interesting, too. If these officials are going to be so scared in high-impact games by the home crowd as to see what we saw with Kansas City the other day, then go ahead. Put this, put it in a neutral site. Well, I mean, listen, uh, part of me likes the fact that uh, it, during these high-impact games, they they don't mind taking a little bit longer time. I don't think anyone watching that game was going to be upset if uh, if they just got it right and it cost them an extra five minutes. I would. Because you're you're, we could do that over and over and over again with so many different plays, Christian. Mm-hmm. And then it just opens the Pandora's box of well, if they can replay that, why can't they replay this? Yeah, and but it's the championship game, so that that is my point. What you, you, like getting it wrong in week three is a little bit different to me than getting it wrong in, in the middle of January. But don't you have to have yeah, a system the, that gets it right as or as close to right as much of the time, all the time, as quickly as possible? Well, yes, but if that was if that was the case, they would there would be more personal like you know pass interference plays you know with ten seconds left, and there usually is never a pass interference called when two guys are going up for the ball on some sort of fade route. They'll never call unless the guy pulls him down by his shoulder pads. I mean, that's me, but what do I know? Right, I don't know as much. You know what? You, you know a lot, but I, I don't know. As, I don't know as like, much as Tom. We, would we add more? We look at it as this. It's going to fix everything. It's a panacea. All, all will be well. And then people are, well, how come that hold wasn't called? That's right. going to be in replay, too. Well, you, no, I, it's funny. And, I saw a lot of that online. Like, everybody oh, calling no. out every little ticky-tack little penalty yeah. that wasn't called. And, you know, the other thing, too, that the NFL, Tommy, I think needs to do is turn their ears off. Yep. Like, don't don't look at Twitter on days. Like, don't look at social media don't be overreactionary to the the stupid hashtag NFL is rigged and all that kind of stuff. Yet, I don't know if they're capable of doing that. That might be the one thing in this whole sort of refing discussion we've had the last five minutes that the NFL might not be able to do is turn their ears no. off. I guess the first answer I should have given is who is the director of operations for the NFL and who has been in that position for nearly a decade now? Who presided over the idiocy of Deflategate? Who is in charge of the officials from an operational level? It's Troy Vincent. It's Troy Vincent, and he's been a disaster for a decade. Oh, that guy! You know what? Uh, we're we're because he's I, never going anywhere. He is locked uh, in. He has. There's something about Troy Vincent. Yeah, he that tried just to, scares me. Yeah, he tried to work he, with the league to. No, uh, I know exactly what he did. Like I it. know exactly. No, what you're he did. right. They're never. Sadly, they're never going to get rid of that guy. Just like we are never going to get rid of our friend Tommy Curran, <laughs> who you will be able to hear with Jones and Mego on Thursday afternoon. Uh, Tommy, thanks for the time, friend. We appreciate it. We'll catch you soon. All right, good stuff. Thanks, right, guys. Yep, there you go.